0: Cambodia is a land of contrast. Buddhist temples, the Mekong River, rice fields, but also killing fields, the Khmer Rouge, and sex trafficking. Cambodia has an estimated 50,000 prostitutes. Many were sold into the sex
1: industry. Many of them won out. We had so many gangster and Brazil owner came to us even with guns and threatened to take the girls back. The Cambodian Women's Crisis Centre provides a voice for young girls forced into prostitution. If you see the suffering to the women, then we feel angry. When you work with the victim, you see the suffering, frightening, gone away from you. you You're brave enough to protect the victims. Coming
0: up, stories of prostitution, human trafficking, and desires for better lives in Girls from Cambodia, from Outer Voices.
2: I was brought to a house with many other women and told to stay. A man told us, we brought you here to work. I asked some woman, what kind of work will I do? They said, the pimp took money for you. You have been sold to a brothel.
3: I couldn't find a job. My husband would beat me almost every day. I went with my friend to Thailand for a waitress job. We were put in the back of our car and drove all night. When I woke up, I knew that we were in Malaysia, and I realized
0: they were going to sell me. Welcome to Girls from Cambodia. I'm Robin Wise for Outer Voices. In early 2005, we traveled to Cambodia to investigate the country's problems with sex traffic and prostitution. One day, my husband said
2: to me, we're going to visit my sister's house. But instead, he takes me to the brothel and sells me for $250.
4: My mother takes me to a lady's house. The lady asks, is this your daughter? Oh, she's very beautiful. Yeah, can do, can do. I don't know what she means.
0: During this hour, we'll talk to women and to young girls forced to work in the brothels. We'll meet a policeman trying to enforce the law and educate the community about human trafficking. And we'll get to know Chantal Ong, founder of the Cambodian Women's Crisis Center. This organization works on issues of domestic violence, rape, and trafficking of women and children for prostitution
1: one foreign pedophile bought rape around 70 young girl we complained to the police the police investigated and arrest them but then he paid off i heard he paid a lot he is out of jail
0: Many houses in the Cambodian countryside are built of palm leaf and bamboo, often raised on stilts as protection from annual floods. The floods provide water for growing rice. Rice paddies are everywhere. Rice is what people eat and what they sell. It's the core of their economy and culture. Here in the rice fields, whole families harvest the year's first cutting. The smallest children play close by, while everyone old enough to hold a sickle sweeps through the fields. Men and women work side by side. The fastest cutter is a tiny elderly grandmother. She looks 80, but I think she's closer to 60. The rice stalks are about two feet tall, and cutting them is backbreaking work. These workers are waiting to use the rice thresher. When it's their turn, they load the hopper with the cut rice. Out one chute comes a pile of the rice grain and another chute stalks and husks. Every family tries to grow enough rice for themselves and, they hope, some extra for sale. Typically, a family might earn about $200 a year. Fifty years ago, none of these girls would have considered leaving the farm. Tradition would not have allowed it. But that was before the Vietnam War, American bombs, and the Khmer Rouge, before foreign troops, foreign aid, and foreign tourists. Perhaps a friend knows of a job in the city, or a man knocks on the family door, promising work for the young daughter and offering more money than a family makes in a year. Then, for the first time in her life, the girl finds herself off the farm, away from her family, alone in a city. She also finds she's being held captive. My name is Son
2: I am 19 years old. I'm from a poor worker family. I'm very small, but I had to pull a heavy cart to the market every day. One day, Someone came to my family's home to tell us about a good job in Thailand. I convinced my mother to let me go. I was brought to a house with many other women and told to stay. A man told us, he brought you here to work. I asked some women, what kind of work will I do? They said, the pimp took money for you. You have been sold to a brothel.
5: My name is Tita.
4: The year I was born, my father died. My mother gave me to my aunt in the country. Every month, my mother visited me, but she never gave my aunt any money to help support me. Last year, I was 12 years old. My mother said, live with me. I can find an English school for you in Phnom Penh. I had wanted to study English, but my aunt warned me. Don't go with your mother. I am worried she will sell you. But I don't believe her, so I go with my mother. My mother takes me to a lady's house. The lady asks, Is this your daughter? Oh, she's very beautiful. Yeah, can do, can do. I don't know what she means. They take me to a room and make me take off my clothes, so they can check my vagina to see if I'm a virgin. Then they cut my hair and make up my face.
1: My name is Janthal I was the founder of the Cambodian Women Crisis Center. It based in Phnom Penh City. We started this program because there should be something for those women who are victims. Cambodian Women Crisis Center was created in 1997 and our main purpose is to eliminate violence against women but we are looking more on three specific issues, the issues of domestic violence, rape and trafficking of women and children for prostitution. I am Chan Sokha
3: and I am 23 years old. I lived with my husband and two children.
6: We were very
3: poor and struggled. I couldn't find a job. My husband would beat me almost every day.
6: I am sorry.
2: My stepfather often tried to rape me. To get away, I got married. Even though I didn't love my husband, I told him, look, the only reason i married to you is to be safe from my stepfather. Then one day, my husband said to me, we're going to visit my sister's house. But instead, he takes me to the brothel and sells me for $250.
0: We're traveling through the city of Phnom Penh in a covered cart pulled by a motor scooter, a tuk-tuk, named for its sound. Tuk-tuks and motorbikes fill the streets, occasionally sharing the road with an oxen pulled wagon. We make our way to the Cambodian Women's Crisis Center shelter. The shelter location is kept private. Without directions, you'd drive right by because there's no sign on the gate, no published maps. It's just another of the many houses with whitewashed concrete walls and metal gates hidden away down a winding, dusty alleyway. Outside the tall shelter walls, neighborhood kids are playing soccer.
7: Inside, toddlers entertain us with songs they've learned in daycare.
0: The morning meal is done. Some women are cleaning the outdoor dining area. Some come in to talk to us. These women are hiding, hiding from abusive husbands, from rapists, from brothel owners who would kill to take them back. But there's no feeling of fear when they share their stories.
3: I want to tell you that about our. The-
0: I want to tell you about our shelter.
8: We have group counseling and individual counseling. We
3: provide care
8: for mothers in domestic violence cases. We also have health care. Many girls and women come to our shelter with diseases, HIV, AIDS, so we offer medical assistance and treatment. Women coming from the protest are sometimes pregnant.
0: Sinli Pao is the shelter director of the Phnom Penh Cambodian Women's Crisis Center.
8: The youngest girls, some are 7 years old in rape cases, for sex trafficking, sometimes 12 or 14 years old.
5: Tida was 12 when her
8: mother
5: sold her. They
4: take me to the Hong Nai Hotel to meet a guest. He is Cambodian, maybe a high ranking officer because he has a car. He pays $800 to sleep with me. But I don't want to. I cry. So he locks me in a room and calls my mother to complain. My mother tells me my grandfather is very sick. She says if we don't have money for the hospital, he might die. I am very worried about my grandfather, so I try to have sex with this man. For three hours, we have sex. Then my mother tells me, now your aunt is in the hospital, we need to buy medicine. I ask, What can I do? My mother says, no problem, you can go to work at a restaurant. But my mother sells me again for $100 to another brothel in Kapong Sam, which is down by the seaside. There's a lot of tourism there. The brothel owner kept me in a room and at night forces me to receive men. I say, no, I don't want to work like this. My mother told me I don't have to do this the owner says, no, your mother sold you.
0: I listen to this 13-year-old child tell her story, and I'm awed by her courage to speak to us. Total strangers. I wonder, how could this child have ended up in a brothel? You're listening to Girls from Cambodia from Outer Voices. I'm Robin Wise.
5: 12 when her mother sold her.
4: They take me to the Hong Nai Hotel to meet a guest. He is Cambodian, maybe a high-ranking officer because he has a car. He pays $800 to sleep with me, but I don't want to. I cry, so he locks me in a room and calls my mother to complain.
9: When I first came there as a war correspondent, you first started to see prostitution as families and villages were being bombed in the countryside. And along the routes into the capital city Phnom Penh, you would see pimps, soldiers stopping refugee carts, stopping cars, and buying young women. Elizabeth Becker is a former New York Times correspondent
0: and author of When the War Was Over, A Modern History of Cambodia and the Khmer Rouge.
9: Elizabeth Becker. Cambodia was colonized by the French, one of the three Indo-Chinese colonies. The other two, Laos and Vietnam, were in the midst of wars largely led by the communists. Cambodia won independence without a fight from France in 1954. Cambodia from then on was very much considered an oasis of peace in the middle of the building storm. The ruler then, Prince Nordam Sihanouk, tried to be friendly with the communists overseas, China, Soviet Union, even Communist Vietnam, while at the same time keeping rein on the indigenous communists in his own country, the Khmer Rouge. His gamble failed, and in 1970, with the war truly raging in Vietnam, he was overthrown. That led to the outbreak of a full civil war. This is the decision. I have made.
0: In cooperation with the armed forces of South Vietnam, attacks are being launched this week to clean out major enemy sanctuaries on the Cambodian-Vietnam border. The areas in which these attacks will be launched are completely occupied and controlled by North Vietnamese forces. The U.S. tried to drive out the Viet Cong by carpet bombing the Cambodian countryside
9: with a half million tons of explosives. The Khmer Rouge, which means Red Cambodian, backed very much by the strong Vietnamese communists, managed to take over half of the country in the first few years of the war. By
0: 1975, the entire country was ruled by the Khmer Rouge and their leader Pol Pot.
9: That ushered in what's considered the most radical and cruel of the communist revolutions of the 20th century. During the revolution, the family units were broken apart industrialization was torn apart, and the Khmer Rouge said they were striving for the regime of the common person where there'd be no class, there'd be no money, there'd be no markets. Within that short period of 1975 till their defeat in 79, over 2 million people died. So you had a society that was pretty destroyed, completely uprooted, and it turned out to be a very dreadful place. In 1979, Communists invaded and overthrew the Khmer Rouge. The United States took the side of China, which supported the Khmer Rouge, against the Vietnamese, who were supported by the Soviet Union. Finally, the Vietnamese withdrew. The United Nations sponsored a peace conference, and in 1991, the peace accord was signed, and the UN embarked on their first post-Cold War peacekeeping mission.
0: The arrival of 22,000 mostly male UN workers created an instant demand for services, one being the sex industry, which soon thrived on UN paychecks. Today the country has tens of thousands of prostitutes, a third are minors, and almost half are HIV positive.
2: I tried to escape. I didn't know where I was or where to go. Son Soon was kidnapped, drugged, smuggled, and sold in Thailand. When I was being taken to another brothel, the driver tried to rape me in the car. He threatened me with a knife, so I tried to attack him. He threw me against the door. The car window was open, and I fell through and ran away. I didn't know where I was. I walked all night long. In the morning, I came to a market on the Thai side of the border. I saw one of my neighbors there. She asked me why I was so dirty. She took me back to Cambodia.
7: Cambodia.
10: I
3: was sold to a
10: karaoke ball. The
3: men will slip me addictive drugs. They also gave the girls diet pills so we would not get fat. I was constantly throwing up. I was forced to have sex, to work from 2 p.m. to 4 a.m. Sometimes I was hit by electric stick. If you don't treat the men as well as they expect, they'll beat you.
6: I didn't have
2: any birth control. If I asked a client, would you use a condom? He could say, No, I don't want to. And if he told the brothel owner they would beat me.
0: Shre is currently at the Phnom Penh shelter.
2: I try to tell clients about my situation, but nobody would help because a brothel owner is a high ranking official. I got sick, but they wouldn't give me any medicine. I tried to run away three times, but each time the bodyguards arrested me and beat me. Another time, the brothel owner was out and left his young daughter to watch. So I got out, ran away, and found a ride to Phnom
6: Penh.
2: I cannot go back to my village because I have HIV, AIDS. I worry the community
0: would look down on my family. Shelter director Sindley Powell counsels the women and girls here. She coordinates their training and gives them constant support. She is the caregiver.
3: One night, five she
0: said they forced her.
8: One night, she received five
0: men. That was so painful. Tita is the girl whose mother sold her. She now lives at the shelter.
4: One day, I tell the owner I want to walk outside. The brother-owner believes me and lets me out. I had my aunt's phone number, so I call and ask, Are you sick? My mother told me you are, and did you receive the $100 from my mother? My aunt says, your mother's crazy. I didn't get sick. I tell my aunt what happened. She goes to Lakado, a human rights organization. They contact the police and rescue me from the brothel and then bring me here to CWCC. I had been here in the shelter for three months. up and Okay.
3: She's thinking for the future. She said I don't have relatives. Now, Tida's
8: thinking about her future. She says she doesn't have a lot of relatives and doesn't know what to do with her life. I tell Tida, don't worry,
5: you help me.
10: you you sing me like
8: your, I tell her, think of me like a mother. She says she's afraid. You know, people sold Tida three times already. She's afraid I'll sell her again.
0: Cambodian Women's Crisis Center is one of the organizations working for women's rights. Chantal Ong
1: is the founder. Before I founded CWCC, I was working with the UN Center for Human Rights. I also work for human rights task force on Cambodia. I coordinated around 16 NGOs working on women's rights. And we conducted many research on women issues, and we found out that domestic violence, trafficking, and rape was a very severe problem. And the victim could not find any assistance from the government. There was no shelter, and if the case sent to the court, the case just suspended there for five years, six years, seven years, without any assistance.
0: Chantal Ong started the CWCC with a staff of four, Now the center and shelters have 80 full-time workers and 300 volunteers.
1: First year we provided shelter to more than 600 women. Like last year we provide shelter and services around 1,700 per year. We have three regional shelters where we could accommodate around 150 women and girls per day.
11: My name is Gip Nun, and I am the coordinator of Reap shelter for CWCC. During the Khmeru, Rouge, Purport regime, more men died than women. The men did not know how to survive by themselves, but the women would find all kinds of things to eat besides what Purport provides. Also, the men were more of the target of the Khmer Rouge.
0: Cindy Pao, the Phnom Penh shelter director, recalls life under the Khmer Rouge leader, Pol Pot.
8: During Pol Pot time, I went to Dakai province, where we planted rice. The only work we were allowed to do was planting rice. Mm-hmm. Before Pol Pot, men had power over women. They also respected women, but not now. Violence has increased since then. Sometimes being poor makes men feel powerless, and the men look for power. So they control the women. Before the Pol Pot's regime, women depended on men, but now women need a job to support her family. Before, the daughter would never think of finding an outside job. But now, children need to look for work on their own. The children work away from the eye of the family. The family doesn't know what happened to them. The children have to stand by themselves. Wrong or right, they decide by themselves. Traffickers offer children jobs. They pay $100 to the family. They say this money is the advance salary. The family allows the children to go. Then the traffickers will sell the child to a foreigner for maybe three or four hundred dollars. The family doesn't know the child has become a
3: prostitute, so to a prostitu. <laughs>
0: Keep Noon, director of the Seam Reap Shelter, tells us no one was allowed to worship at the pagodas.
11: All the pagodas became a place to keep pigs.
6: Now
11: we are able to practice Buddhism again. Buddhists believe people cannot be sold. People are not animals. Anybody that serves people is a monster. The society does not need him.
7: Amen.
11: On the government level, there is no real way for Buddhists to act. But on the local levels, in the community, when people come together at the pagoda, then it is possible to speak as a Buddhist about stopping sex trafficking.
0: At least 85% of Cambodians are Buddhist. Buddhism came to this country in the first century AD. At that time, the area we know as Cambodia, Thailand, Vietnam, and Laos was called Khmer. The word Khmer is the name of Cambodia's language, culture, and people. The Khmer capital was the Angkor region near present-day Siem Reap. Today, in the middle of the jungle stand 45 exquisite temples covered by thousands of intricate carvings. This is called Angkor Wat in Khmer City Temple. It's the largest religious complex in the world. One million visitors a year fly into Siem Reap to see Angkor Wat. Tourism now funds one-third of Cambodia's cash economy, but also lines the pockets of brothel owners, corrupt officials and gangsters.
12: I run the anti-trafficking program at the Simrip police station. Our unit goes into the community to look for victims and to investigate information. The local people don't have enough education to understand the law about sex trafficking. So I explain to people about the laws and how to prevent trafficking.
0: You're listening to Girls from Cambodia from Outer Voices. I'm Robin Wise.
12: Girls from Cambodia. There is good cooperation between Cambodian Women's Crisis Center and my office. After the case I reported, we usually find that only CWCC can shelter the children or the victims. CWCC conducts trainings for the community and also has trained the police on trafficking.
1: We train police on how to combat violence against women. Most of the police were in the army. They did not know about the law, what constitutes crime, what should be the role of the police. So we trained them on criminal law, criminal procedure. And what should be their role in combating violence against women? 25% of them cannot read or write, so it's a little bit hard for us.
12: Our unit goes into the community to look for victims and to investigate information. Also, each month I host a live call-in radio show about trafficking. The show is open to anybody with questions concerning rape and trafficking. This
0: caller is asking about the law regarding briberies to cover drug activities. In
12: each region of the city, the drug dealer... The local people don't have enough education to understand the law about sex trafficking. So I explained to people about the laws and how to prevent trafficking.
0: I asked Chantal why people can force girls into prostitution so easily.
1: He goes to the village to the poor family and offer their children with education, but he adopt them in his house and he raped those girls. One case, one foreigner rape, bought around 70 young girls, and then we start to complain to the police. The police investigated the case and police arrest them, but then he paid off. I heard he paid a lot. He is out of jail.
12: I will tell you a story concerning a Mr. Graham from New Zealand. He first came to Cambodia as part of the United Nations Army. Then he came back on his own.
0: Police officer Sun Bun Tong.
12: He asked his wife to look for girls to work in their house. He had many girls working for him and would have sex with them. The people next door saw many girls come to his house and called the police. We investigated for three months and sent the court our report. The court arrested him. Mr. Graham was found guilty and sentenced to 20 years in jail. He's now in the Phnom Penh prison.
1: We had so many gangsters and brothel owner came to us even with guns and threatened to take the girls back.
0: Chantal Ong in the Cambodian Women's
1: Crisis Center has helped the police in thousands of investigations. For instance, one case, the police rescued 23 Vietnamese girls and sent to us. Those girls were forced to sleep with the client. immediately the gangster with grenade and gun come to us and said that, they need those girls back no, to pay back the money that they paid for them. And the girls said, no, they didn't want to go back, so we protect them. I call the police, and police come and warn them if they continue to insist to take the girl back to prostitution, they can be arrested and put in jail. For me, the police should arrest them. No need to warn them, right? But we try to be very sweet because it's dangerous. So I invited him to sit down, give him some tea, try to calm him down. We explain him our role. No? And then he stopped to come. He gave up. Chantal says her
0: reaction to the condition of these women overcomes any fear she might have of the men.
1: When we see what they did to the women, then we feel angry. When you work with the victim, you see the suffering frightening gone away from you. No? you're brave enough to protect the victim
3: In Malaysia the brother owner forced me to take out the baby. If you have a baby you cannot work here he said. So I had no choice. I took out the baby. The brother owner forced me to receive men until I had another pregnancy from the customer. One month later, the police raided the brothel and put me in jail. There was not enough food, not enough hygiene, so my baby came in my seventh month. I delivered the baby in jail. We rescued her from
8: Malaysia to here. We rescued Jensoka from the jail. She came here with the baby.
3: Traffic from the Cambodia to Sometimes Canada. girls are trafficked
8: from Cambodia to Thailand and to Malaysia.
3: There, if the police
8: find them, they say, You are illegal, and put them in jail. The girls are the ones who get punished. It's difficult to punish the brothel owners. They have the money to pay off the court.
9: There are few countries that are more corrupt than Cambodia on the face of the earth. And that has led to the lack of action on brothels. Elizabeth Becker. Women are treated like property and money earners. Everything I've just described is a complete breakdown of society. The government is doing nothing but lining the officials' pockets. They're not doing the basic things the government needs to do. The education, the infrastructure, creating the jobs, protecting the citizens. And that's what happened. It's just that simple. It's been just blighted with poor leadership. Right now, I observe that the government
1: lack of commitment, lack of will to fight corruption, not at an effective level. Chantal Ong. In terms of improving trafficking related to corruption, I really appreciate the Office Against Trafficking. For the last two years, they have become a respected institution, they were not corrupt at all. No? They really work hard, fast as possible. So I saw from the police side a lot of improvement, but from the court side, it's still very, very corrupted. With
0: little help from government, organizations such as the CWCC have to provide legal aid and medical care as well as job training so the women don't fall back into prostitution.
1: Chantal Ong. Most of the women cannot read or write. We have very skilled training, such as sewing. We provide a cooking class. We also produce souvenir products for tourists. Uh, women take sewing
10: training. These
8: women are getting trained on two kinds of sewing machines. One is a trader machine. The other is electric. The electric is for women who want to go to work at a garment factory.
9: Elizabeth Becker. The clothing industry, which accounts for over 80 to 90 percent of their exports, does provide labor at living wages, something you can rely on. But if a woman doesn't get a job there, she doesn't have a lot of other things to do.
3: In
9: our
8: shelter, usually they can stay for three to six months, longer in serious cases. We have a reintegration program for sending girls rescued from prostitution back to the village. Most of them were trafficked from rural areas. And we work with the local Ministry of Social Affairs. They take the women back home. The community cooperates with the Department of Social Affairs in the province. So every few months, the CWCC
1: can follow up. We also repatriate girl back to Vietnam because many girls have been trafficked from Vietnam to Cambodia for prostitutes. And we also help to repatriate Cambodian girls who trafficked to Thailand back to Cambodia or who trafficked to Malaysia back to Cambodia as well. Usually we accompany them back with trace for the family in case the victim were so small, but yeah, most of the victim know where they're from. Right now we have too many clients. We could not follow up all the, the clients. And the Ministry of Social Affairs, with support from UNICEF, agreed to follow up all the girls whom we integrated back to the village. So it is very, very helpful for us. Many girls who are trafficked, uh, the poor children or street children or belong to family with so many children. So now we target this group to provide scholarship to them so that they could go to public school. We support the girls on their school fee, on their transportation, their living costs, school material, etc. The parents have to agree with us not to send the children to abroad to look for jobs. job.
7: Airports
0: at Cambodia's main airports and hotels read, sexually exploit a child in this country, go to jail in yours. Many of the airline flights into Cambodia play this message.
5: I am a child. Dumb Yo soy inocente. Tourist attraction. It's a crime to make me one.
11: Help prevent exploitation and protect children.
0: The billboards and TV spots are run by World Vision, a Christian relief group, and by the United States Immigration and Customs Enforcement. Why is the U.S. involved? Because as many as 25% of the pedophiles paying for
1: sex with children in Cambodia are Americans. U.S. government passed a law, Victim Protection Act, in 2000, of which can prosecute their own citizens who sexually abuse the children abroad. And the punishment is so high, up to 30 years of imprisonment.
0: Non-government organizations, NGOs, such as the Cambodian Women's Crisis Center, provide invaluable service for women and children of Cambodia. But they can't do it alone. Elizabeth Becker.
9: The big 800-pound gorilla here is this corrupt government. NGOs can just do so much, and then the government can, in a stroke of one pen, destroy everything they've done. People are just at their wits' ends on what to do, because how can you have a program there when the government is constantly undermining it?
3: When they arrive to our shelter, they want to go back to her communities. When they
8: arrive to the shelter, if they want to go back to their communities... The reintegration program asks her if she wants to share her experiences with her neighbors and with her community. If the woman says, I don't want to tell my story to my neighbor, I worry they might discriminate against me, we respect their rights.
3: When the girl
8: does tell her story, she usually cries. But many want to share their story with everyone for prevention.
10: The police
3: raided the border, and I was put in jail for eight months. My husband found out and contacted a Malaysian human rights organization. They had me released and put on a plan back to Cambodia. CWCC picked me up at the airport and took me to the shelter. I received sewing skills and literacy training. I stayed for more than two months.
10: Then a few months later,
3: I got $120 from CWCC to open a small grocery store. Meanwhile, CWCC talked with my husband. He agreed to stop being abusive, so I decided to go back with him.
0: Chen's house is part wood planks and part plastic tarps. The front of the house has no doors, just a few shelves holding soda bottles and snacks. This is Chen's grocery store. She lives on the edge of town, down a dead-end alleyway, an unlikely place to make a living. But her neighbor is a fortune teller, and people who come to hear their fortune often stop in to buy snacks.
3: A customer is buying
0: some pastries and asking the price of lemons.
10: (laughs) The The
0: Cambodian Women's (laughs) Crisis Center gives all these women, at least for a while, a safe place to stay and to grow. from Cambodia was produced by Stephanie Geyer Stevens for Outer Voices, with support from the Ford Foundation, the Pohaku Fund, and many generous individuals. Audio engineer and host, Robin Wise of Sound Imagery. Editor, Barrett Golding of HearingVoices.com. Production assistant and researcher, Caroline Kemp. Translations were read by Chanda May, Chambhuang, Tita Prum, Lisa Tang, Venera Tang, and Norind Su. Special thanks goes to the staff of the Cambodian Women's Crisis Center, the Siem Reap Police, Sweet FM radio station in Siem Reap, and Bud Gibbons. Thanks also to Jeffrey Dyer for coordinating the recording of the traditional Cambodian music. In California, many thanks to the San Jose Cambodian Temple, East Bay Asian Youth Coalition, Spencer Nagasako, Santa Rosa Cambodian Community Center, and the University of California, Berkeley Cambodian Students Association. Excerpt from the Richard Nixon speech, courtesy of AmericanRhetoric.com. I am a child, advertisement courtesy of World Vision. from Cambodia is the second in a series of audio profiles of women activists in Asia and the Pacific Rim produced by Outer Voices. To obtain a copy of this program, call 415-497-0563. That's 415-497-0563. Or visit us on the web at www.outervoices.org. This program is dedicated
7: to the memory of Edie Levis.